What's good, everyone? It's Sunday, January 31st, 2021, and welcome back to Two and a Half Hoopers, Jason Capono's favorite basketball podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Lehman. With me, I have Josh Rhodes. Hey, what's up? And George Martin. What's up, guys? Oh, we almost lost him right away. Uh, what's <laughs> up with y'all? It's almost February. I'm tired. <laughs> this month was draining. All right. <laughs> Uh, to everyone listening, we're happy to have you. And also remember to check out, uh, check us out on YouTube if you haven't, because then you get to see our very mediocre faces talk about your favorite team. Uh, on tonight's episode, we're going to be catching up on uh, all the games that went down the last couple of days. Uh, we'll th- see what our social media guru, George, has found for us in the world of NBA news. And to top it off, we'll do a speed run centered around uh, all-star theme questions. But first, if you like what you hear, make sure to follow our socials, all at TH Hoopers. Uh, we make a habit here on the pod to set aside some time towards the end of every episode to answer guys' comments, questions, or even just shout, shout out those supporting the show. Uh, so, so if you're interested in any of that, again, at TH Hoopers. All right, enough of the boring stuff. You ready to talk some hoops? Yep. All right. Uh, starting us off, Friday, uh, January 29th, Pacers lost to the Hornets 105-108. Uh, no TJ Warren for the Pacers, but still an impressive win for the Hornets as PJ Washington led them in scoring with 19 points on nearly 90% shooting. Uh, also, Hawks visited the Wizards and won 116-100. Both teams were relatively healthy, but still no Bogdanovich for the Hawks. A uh, very standard game for both teams, but very impressive. Although normal game for Troy Young as he scored a 41 and only 18 shots. Do you know how much time Bogdan's missed? I, I think he's only played, what, four games? <laughs> I, I know he missed the beginning of the season yeah. and then he missed the chunk in the middle and then he's hurt again. Uh, I know yeah. it was a lot of uh, health and safety protocol, but he's doesn't all, he have a knee fracture. He also has a knee fracture. Yes. That too. So yeah. uh, the Hawks will be out there, but they're, they're kind of rolling right now. So they're not in like desperate to rush him back. So he can get all healthy and he can probably be back for uh before the all-star break. I'd assume. Uh, Clint Capella also chipped in a uh, double, double. Uh, starting over for uh, no big O uh, in this game as well. Uh, the Caps took on the Knicks and lost 81-102. Uh, the Knicks took control in the second quarter and never really looked back, which is something I don't think anyone has said since Camilo Anthony was traded to the OKC Thunder. Uh, the Knicks were led by the young perimeter play, as RJ Barrett and Emmanuel quickly each had 24 and 25 respectively. And in true Tom Thibodeau fashion, he only played nine players. Uh, as for the Cavs, they were relatively healthy, but just didn't come out ready to play, uh, something you expect to see with a young team like them. Uh, the Kings and Raps were barely, oh, the Kings put the Raps and were barely able to hang on to the W, but did winning 126 124 out in Tampa. Very solid game all around for both teams, but if the game ball can go to anyone, it'll probably go to Hassan Whiteside. Uh, he chipped in 16 and 9 and only seven shots and was really the only I one. I thought he ch- existed. Yeah, he came off the bench and the Raps are a very small team. He's the only one who's tra- kind of taken advantage of their small size, which is something I'd like to see Marvin Bagley do more, but he's in Luke Walton's doghouse already. So, and we mentioned his dad wants him <laughs> traded. We'll mention that every time on here because he just keeps tweeting about it. Uh, another one, quite the game out in none other than the Smoothie King Arena as the Bucks score 44 in the third quarter but still can't handle Amelo Brawl's brother and the Husky kid out of Duke as they follow the Pelicans 126-131. Impressive um, game for the Pelicans as they, has, as they had five players score over 15 points. And also the big man, Steven Adams, tallied 20 rebounds. Uh, Milwaukee was as great as ever on offense as two-time MVP Giannis scored 38 points. 
Uh, but it's hard to win when you allow a team whose main problem is spacing hit 21 threes. Uh, what did y'all see from this game? Um, the Milwaukee's defense was really, really lackluster. A lot of open threes for Lonzo Ball and Eric Bledsoe, who both hit seven each, which, I mean, that's probably one of Lonzo's best games ever shooting. So that was a problem. And yeah, with a lack of spacing, they, they should not be hitting that many open shots. And Milwaukee's done that a lot this season. Their defense hasn't looked as good as it's been in the past. So that's what I noticed from watching the game. I think this helps my argument for the no well yeah thanks george for giving me the floor but i do think (laughs) that this helps my case for the no kelly Oubre in pelicans please because you can see the potential for this team when they're actually able to make the shots that they're given and the bucks kind of just let them go out like eric bledsoe hit like four in the first quarter and that you just like you can see when they start shooting the ball properly how good this team can actually be. Well, yeah, I haven't watched a a lot of Pelicans games, but I, I was familiar with their their weaknesses, which was their and anyone could look at their starting lineup and say there's not a knockdown shooter in that lineup uh, unless they're starting JJ Redick. So I kept looking. I was like, well, do they play better when Ingram's off the floor? When Zion's off the floor? Uh, is Lonzo Ball the problem? There were no problems in this game. They were clicking on every single cylinder. And it was really impressive. Um, but other than that, uh, we'll talk more about the another one. But um, not too much to be concerned in this game because if you think about the Pelicans do match up pretty well, um, the, the Bucks have a very lumbering center that doesn't switch well in pick and roll, just like the Pelicans, um, Brooke Lopez and Steven Adams. So, I mean, it could have been worse for the Bucks, but overall good one for the Pelicans. Uh, we had another team take advantage of a great second quarter. Uh, just like the Knicks, as the Clippers brought down Minnie Mouse, the Underman, Orlando Magic, 116.90. Uh, LA's all-star wings, Kawhi and PG, come on for 50 for the first time in a while. Uh, but the Clips were able to hang their hat on the defensive end, which doesn't happen a lot. Uh, this year, with Ty Lue, uh, Orlando shot just 36% from the field, which is pretty impressive. Oh, I think I saw that. and I think like James Ennis shot 90% and everybody else shot under 30% or something like it, that. Yeah, it was not. Even Cole Anthony, who he's been playing pretty well in Fultz's absence, but he's still a rookie. So I know you hate Cole Anthony for some reason. We're not, we're not, we're not going to. We're going to skip over that one. All right, all right, all right. Uh, the Sixers came with a play against the T-Wolves and gave them an absolute slap in the face without Cat. Uh, 118-94. Um, Bede Strange in this case for <laughs> league MVP uh, with 37 points in just three quarters. Uh, while well, the rest of the team helped him out by shooting 50% from three. So not a lot of defense play for the T-Wolves, which is normal. Uh, but the six continue to roll East standings, and the T-Wolves continue to get ready for that sweet, sweet draft lottery. Um, that they can't have because the Warriors they, have their pick. If they keep their pick. Their pick. I, <laughs> is it top three for not let the, Yeah. Or no, oh, I think it has to fall outside. The, yeah. Oh, man. Well, they, they put a good team together, but with Cat's injury, he's played, I think, two games Malik Beasley has a very quiet 20 points a game though really well they re-signed that, that uh, four-year 80 in, in the offseason yeah they gave him a lot so a it was thing. it was 18 to 20 mil it might have been 72 I'm not sure oh like like the little dang contract little dang baby <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it was kind of a frowned upon i guess and he's a good player and he kind of, he does deserve that money but especially because you traded a first rounder for him in the middle of the season but he's kind of just anthony edwards and you drafted anthony edwards but uh, he's, he's 20 points a game not bad 
not winning games, but not bad. Mm-mm. Well, we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, but the Nets walked into KD's good old stomping ground and gave the OKC Thunder a good old knuckle sandwich, uh, winning 147-125. Holy hell. Uh, this was made even more impressive as KD was getting a well-deserved rest after playing a majority of the games this season. And the Nets had nine players scoring double figures. Good news for Thunder fans, though, it is a youth movement out in Oklahoma, and uh, Shea scored over 20 points yet again on 70% shooting. Other than that, though, all broke in this game. But I want to ask you guys, uh, no KD and still scored 147. Uh, can you make the claim that the Nets are fine how they are, don't really have to go get defensive help? Uh, we'll get to the, the Wizards' loss. But, I mean, this offense, first, second, and third mentality off uh, Steve Nash is willing to die on. Uh, what do you all think of it? Josh, you want to go first? Uh, yeah, I can take this one. Okay. He clearly, clearly, Yes. And it kind of sounds uh, a little bit too much, but I don't think that they're going to show their full colors until they get to the actual playoffs. So it's, it's very rec league vibey. Like a lot of the, a lot of the way they play is very just all-star game-ish. Like you don't really see them try at all. And you saw that then the Washington game that you'll get to later, but I mean, it's like, why do you need to even need to try? Like you have three, top 10 scores of the decade arguably on your team at the same time so it's like why waste your energy george i i disagree i haven't seen them make any late game stops necessarily the only thing they'll do is just they'll keep outscoring you if if the other team just keeps missing and i mean i can't think of a champion in the past 15 years that will have a bottom third defense like this and i know We've never seen an offensive firepower like this, but in the playoffs, you need to get stops and the game slows down too. And I just, I don't know. I don't know if they can keep scoring 150 like this. I, especially against like, I wouldn't be concerned if it was like a teams like Milwaukee scoring on them like this, or like really good offensive teams like the Clippers. They let the Washington Wizards light them up for like 150. And I don't know. I, I just. Well, they do have the leading scorer in the league. Yeah, but they've been getting they've been getting blown out by everybody, so I don't know. Well, they beat the Thunder I, by twenty two. I get I get your thinking. No, I'm talking about the Wizards. They didn't get blown out. I mean, I, in past games they've gotten blown out. I get your thinking about how. I think you're saying the Wizards are not a good team, and they dropped yeah. one fifty on the <laughs> on the Nets. And, and I you get can't it. It's say, not... oh, they had no Harden. He's not going to help your defense. <laughs> so and I, like... I get I get what Josh is saying, where it's like. You know, they're not going to try fully right now. You know, they're just playing like rec league ball, but you have to build good habits before the playoffs, you know, and I get it. It's January. They've been together for less than 10 games, but right now I don't see anything encouraging. Obviously, Sean Marks can make a move. He's a good GM. I think they'll do something. So I don't think all hell's broken loose yet for the Nets. I think a rebuttal, Josh, or are you ready to move on? No, I'm good. We'll see what happens. Oh, yeah, I kind of – I'm. Uh, if you look at uh, previous years, and that means the entire history of the NBA, you normally can't have a dead last defense to win the championship, but I don't know what teams you can roll the ball out there and say, hey, outscore the, the Brooklyn Nets. So you could make that claim. It's hand I mean, in hand, basically. It yeah. seems like they score over 140 every game, and they normally only have two of their three star players. So we'll see. And also, no KD in this one in the – in the uh, OKC game, and he is their best defender, unfortunately. <laughs> so, but he is a very good, he is a very good uh, uh, help side defender. 
but you don't want Katie having to score 32 and guard Giannis on the next play. But yeah, I think uh, they will get some help. But if they don't, I don't know. They're fun to watch. We'll we'll have to see. Uh, It'd be a pain in the ass for every contender out West. They took them the nuggets at home, 109-119. DeMar DeRozan continues his quest for the bag in this year's upcoming free agency class, scoring 30 points on a very clean 11 for 14 shooting. Uh, for Denver, their two stars, Murray and Jokic, put on a scoring clinic, but they really couldn't get any help from other any of the other starters or bench. And then to uh, wrap up Friday night in the NBA, the Mavs took on the Jazz and just had no answer for the flurry of offense Utah had to offer. No doubt I'll mention no problem as the Jazz beat the Mavs 101-120. Not one night. Blow up from the beginning, so the Jazz spread the love in the minutes around, having six players scoring double figures. Uh, the Mavs still having trouble figuring out their offensive identity, which is a bit weird since last season they were the like the off the biggest offensive machine the league's ever seen they're the most efficient offense of all time so it's really weird to see because they all they really did was trade seth curry and they brought in some defense but it hasn't really worked they lost steven silas too they did lose steven silas yeah who's been rumored to be getting a coach job for seems like 20 years now (laughs) but uh yeah they finally lost him good hire by the rockets we'll get to that a little later but uh, anything else to add from uh, Friday in the NBA? Sounds good. All right, I'm moving on to Saturday in the NBA. Uh, eight games Saturday night had in the Association started off with Dame time as uh, Dame Lode scored 44 points against Laura Markin and the Chi-Town Bulls. Got the 122-123 win at the, at the very, very end, the buzzer. Uh, not a lot of defense in this one as both teams shot over 50%. But the Blazers continue to stay alive in the playoff race. So that CJ McCollum and the Bulls continue to try their best to keep Zach Levine out of the playoffs. Uh, the Bucks continued their road trip and yet again fell to, be- to a below 500 team as they lost to the Hornets 114-126. Uh, Mellow Ball with a Chris 27 points on the bench against what many see as an elite defensive team was the main story at the game. Along with Hayward continuing was a very impressive year. But are you guys starting to get concerned with the Bucks' uh, recent skid against the Pelicans and Hornets? Not really. Oh, so it seems George and I have differed multiple times already. Yes. And this has been a problem for me that I've seen in a, like, not just this recent skit, but just overall, like it seems the the NBA is like the pace is changing and the way people are handling games is changing very rapidly. And it's kind of alarming and they're growing in terms of productivity, pace, shooting, and the rate that they're doing all of those things. And the Bucks are just the same old Milwaukee team. Like if you showed me this Bucks team, uh, like how they played against the Hornets, not, I mean, not the same performance wise. And then you showed me the Bucks team in 2018, you could argue that they're relatively the same team, just a couple new faces that do the same things. And I don't think the old formula is going to work very well when it comes to playoffs and other stuff. But again, I have no idea, but I do think it's a little alarming. What do you think, George? I mean, if I had to, if I had to say one thing, why I think they're alarming, I also think of Coach Bud. He's a he's a good he's a good decent coach, but the one problem that he had in the postseason was adjustments, and all season the minutes were low. So when they got to the playoffs, they weren't uh, willing to uptake Giannis's numbers. He was only playing like 32, 33 minutes in, in losses in, in round two against the Heat. So I think that's a problem. His rotations were shaky against the Hornets. And um, I get what Josh was saying about the their scheme and the new faces now. So 
it's warranted, but you have the two-time MVP in Deep Boy. So, I mean, you shouldn't be Who hasn't concerned, really. won anything in the playoffs, might I add. I think this year, especially with a team like the Nets, if he runs into them, they're not going to have the, the personnel to build a wall on him. And he's gotten his last two runs, Heat and Raptors, two teams that had the personnel to do it. Bad matchups, but that's the playoffs. You're going to run into those. And I think if he can maybe avoid one of them, they can get to the conference finals. And if they match up with the Nets, I think he'll have a really good series. So he won't – because his one problem is – Go ahead. What, the one problem with him is, you know, flaming out and getting schemed against. But if they get into a conference final series, I don't think he'll be – he'll have a problem with uh, – You are forgetting the head honcho this year is the Philadelphia 76ers. And we have argued for the last year and a half that the Philadelphia 76ers are the best team to defend the Milwaukee Bucks. And they haven't played because of yet. one man, Joel one man who is the MVP <laughs> probably this year. So Fair. no, I, yeah, it's warranted. So, yeah. Uh, do you guys, cause we talked about how the nets like, Oh, they're not going to show the true trails to the playoffs, all this stuff. Bucks have been running in place for three years now. Do you do either of you, or I guess I'll say Josh, since you sort of said you were worried about them. Do you give them any sort of pass? Like how we get the Warriors pass? Like oh, they they they're just bored at this point. They're, it's regular season. They'll they'll turn up in the playoffs. They got that extra notch. Or do you have to prove that in the playoffs by winning stuff? Eighty-two times three is two hundred and forty-six. Ten games compared to two hundred and forty-six games. I think only one of the teams gets a pass, in my opinion. George, numbers don't lie. Strength in numbers, right? <laughs> <laughs> Who, who's uh who whose slogan was that in the playoffs? Warriors. Warriors, yeah. That's why Sean yeah, Sean Lumis was <laughs> was dancing on the perimeter as their eleventh man. But uh yeah, I I lean towards George on this one. I'm not as uh concerned because I do get I I give them a pass. I think they're getting a little bored. And also, I mean Gian- Giannis having a down year means putting up twenty seven. So we'll just have to see what happens. I am worried about their defense because that's like what they hang their hat on. And Hopefully it's an effort thing, and it turns up after the All Star break. And they uh, they are third right now, though. And the Sixers have a very very strong grasp on that first seed. They're two and a half games back from the Nets. Are right. so um, it'll be a lot for the Bucks to turn around to get that first seed. Yeah. Uh, moving on, the uh, redeemed team Houston Rockets took down the Pelicans one twenty six one fourteen on the road. Uh, the Pelican Junk Corps was unable to build upon their impressive win on Friday against the Bucks, as only Zion scored above twenty. Offense wasn't really the problem, though, because they gave up a 48-point second quarter to Steven, Steven Silas as he had his team absolutely hoping. Uh, Rockets now sit at 500 ball in the 10th seed in the West. Uh, moving on, Jimmy Butler came back, and it may be too early to say this, but the Heat are back. They, I, I, I think they're back. Uh, they take down the Kings 104-105 as Jimmy has 30 points with, with a near triple-double. Uh, very fun game to watch as each quarter seemed to be ruled by one of the teams. There was a lot of back and forth. Uh, and a lot of little mini comebacks, you know, down by 10 here and there. Uh, but ultimately, the Heat prevailed. Uh, good to see Jimmy Hoopin again. Uh, are you all ready to hop back on the Heat train with me just yet? Well, <laughs> well, I mean, you and I were giving them a break because of their uh, COVID issues. And last pod, I said I was starting to get a little bit worried. And now that they're fully healthy, I think they're going to be fine. But, I mean, they only beat the Kings by two, I believe, and it came down to the last second play. Uh, One. One. Thank you, Josh and uh, Lehman. Yeah, and it was a last-second shot. They didn't make it. Obviously, it's their first game back. So, But Jimmy hooped. So, I mean, it's not like he had a bad game or anything. But 
give them give them five ten games to work together as a unit, and I think they'll be back on the the road to the playoffs. Josh, I mean George hit on the nose. It's nice to see Jimmy Butler play again. That was kind of a big concern because everyone's talking about how much weight he's lost under the health yeah. and safety. But I don't want to hop on the Heat train. Tyler Hero played forty minutes. Kind of concerning that they only won by one point. Uh, I do agree with George though that with time they will get back to it. I don't know if they will be able to get into like a playoff spot. Most definitely a play in, but I would wait a little bit before hopping back on that train. Yeah, I want to play Miami as a ten as a eight seed in the play. Oh yeah, if if you're like a if the, if the Hornets sneak in there as like the a Knicks. ten, <laughs> oh my yeah. So you better hope the Heat get a six or higher. Poor Knicks fans wait this long to get to the playoffs and have to face the reigning Eastern Conference. And they champions. see ninety That's... pound Jimmy Butler. Yeah, <laughs> Spike Lee's gonna have a heart attack. That's the end of the Spike Lee. Um, but <laughs> one one good thing I saw, if you just look at the score, 104-105, low scoring. The Kings are not a good offensive team, but that still means the Heat got their – they they hung their hat on hustle and defense, and you keep the an NBA team at 104. Not bad. Uh, I think their offense really did run through Jimmy. He was kind of their de facto point guard all out of the uh, all of the year last year. So if you just keep getting getting Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, more of those down screens, I think they'll – once they figure out their offense, the rest will come. But uh, still 13th in the East. Absolute classic out in Boston as a near 50-year rivalry continued, and it was a score one for the good guys as Lakers take down Celtics, 105-104. A uh, very good game overall, so I want to take this one to you guys, uh, especially George, as it's more mm-hmm. alert. We're all Laker fans here, diehard, but George is the most uh, passionate, I'll say. Uh, so I'll let, I'll <laughs> let you take the, the floor here, George, because I got a little stuff to add as well, but I'll start with you. So, yeah, uh, one thing, Tatum and Brown balled out. I mean, they're a really, really good duo. And I like watching them play, even though they're on a team I really, really hate. Um, Lakers defense, especially in the fourth, turned up because we were down seven going into the fourth. And I think the Celtics only ended up scoring like 17. They didn't – we were running away with the game up until about two minutes left. And then we got a little bit sloppy, but we ended up winning the game. So, really good defensive effort. AD – Great bounce back game. He came out shooting 10 shots in the first quarter. So I knew he was aggressive, which we need aggressive AD if we're going to beat those types of Especially teams. Especially against a, a relatively small Celtics team. Yes. When he has a mismatch like that, he should be doing that. Uh, good overall game from Braun. Didn't have the great scoring outburst he usually has. And last thing I'll put on, Dennis Schroeder. I'm going to start the all defensive uh, campaign for him. Had Kemba Walker and Alcatraz, one for 12 shooting. Even the, the last play, um, Kemba did the step back. I thought Cardiac Kemba reincarnated all over again. <laughs> Schroeder got a hand up. I don't know how. And, yeah, that was the game. I was – win's a win. I would have liked a bigger margin of uh, victory, but I'll take it. Uh, Josh, anything to add? No. I mean, George always hits it on the nose of the Laker game. You really don't have to – we got a, like a mini Mike Trudell over here, so I don't really got to say much. Um, yeah, even though Laker fan, uh, Tatum and Brown really impressed me. Uh, I can't believe like a year and a half ago, they're like, can they coexist? Can they get to trade one? <laughs> that no, you sucks. don't, you don't got to trade one. So, um, they'll both be, they're both, I think, uh, Tatum's locked up into a, a max as well. So they'll, they'll be together for a while. I want to add on Kemba. Yet. He's in a very big, he's in a very big slump and Schroeder continued that. But, um, that was a very makeable shot by Kemba. Good scramble defense by Dennis, but. Sheesh, that, that that one's on Kemba more than it's on a on a shooter. 
I actually have a question because, you know, I kind of slandered Kemba Walker in the bubble when he mm-hmm. shot horrifically. And I defended and him. Extended a lot of... So here we are a uh, couple months later. Uh, nothing's really changed. But again, he's come off injury. So have we seen the best of Kemba Walker? Um, I think we've seen uh, the most entertaining Kemba Walker. I think the most efficient Kemba Walker is still to come, though. I think he'll find his footing uh, later in the year. Uh, they got a good coach in Brad Stevens. At least I think so. But, I mean, it, it, <laughs> Kemba, he, his point guards never really work out unless your name's Terry Rozier. So, it, it's it's still – the jury's still out on if Kemba can re- return to all-star form. He's coming off an injury, so I think he's played, if I had to guess, maybe seven games in two of those he's on men's restrictions. So, we'll see. Yeah. And uh, if George really puts the money where his mouth is, uh, Dennis Schroeder is a – all team, all Let's defense, hope. apparently. Let's hope, right? yeah. So, Let's is that hope. first or second team, George? <laughs> don't ask me that right now. All right, Tony Allen's first team, all defense, so don't forget it. Um, moving on, high scoring one out in the Alamo as the Grizz take down the Spurs 129-112. Both similar style of basketball, taking the teamwork makes the dream work approach, but the Spurs allowed Memphis to shoot 56% from the field. Uh, that's not going to get done. Uh, big game in the standings as the Grizzlies now have a better win percentage than the Spurs, although missing. I think they've missed uh, three games due to the COVID postponement. Yeah. Uh, Mavs catch another L in a uh, close win against the Suns, who impressively got it done without Booker. Mavs also had a tough rotation, though, as they're missing three of their top five big men in Boban, Kleber, and Porzingis. Uh, of course, Luka got a scoring at 29, but CP3 did his thing and stepped up at 29 and 12 to secure the W. Uh, is it time to start worrying about the Mavs, guys? Is, is there a problem out there? I think so. I don't know. <clears throat> um, their defense, Luca has been inefficient. He's putting up numbers, but I mean, not good shooting lately. Um, Porzingis has looked like a shell of himself. I know he's coming back from injury, but I mean, you just gotta wonder. They're gonna. I think they need another. I think they need another guy alongside him because it's like kind of the same thing with AD. Like the whole the whole thing about the Lakers, we bring in a, a five to preserve because KP can't bang with the. Gobert's, yeah. the Porzingis's, or whoops, Jokic and Embiid. <laughs> Porzingis can't bang himself. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's what I think. Josh, what about you? Okay, so can't believe I have to defend Luka Doncic's shooting percentages again, but he is shooting 47% from the field. The three-pointer, I'll give it to you, but it has improved about a percent and a half in these last couple of games. So he was got he went three of seven against the Suns. So I mean, not the worst in the world. I am actually only concerned. The only person I'm not concerned with is Luka Doncic. I don't know why he keeps getting thrown into the Dallas Maverick problem. He's not the problem. He's the only thing not is not affecting them. The role players kind of kind of concern me because the teams. It's very virus-esque in my opinion. We're going through the whole COVID thing. Teams are just adapting to Luka kind of like how viruses adapting to vaccines and all that stuff or whatever, but really it metaphor. is concerning. It is like concerning that. because we lose, you lost Seth Curry. I mean, Dwight Powell hasn't really been himself. And I mean, I think he made more of an impact than people realize when he was really healthy. So you replace him with Josh Richardson, who's not playing bad, but he's not putting up Seth Curry fear three point numbers. And like George said, with the KP thing. So maybe with the role players, but not with Luca. I mean, they just got to get him some help because teams are really just like yeah. pinpointing and ex- like pointing him out. It's kind of hard to win games when the whole game plan is to stop you. 
George? I mean, you're going to catch flack when you're the leader. Same thing with, with Trey Young last year. He got voted in as a starter, but people were looking at pointing at his record, saying empty stats. Same thing with Levine in the past and Beal. So, I mean, well, Trey the Young doesn't play defense. Just Neither does Luca. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I t- I so yeah. I mean, the leaders are going to catch flack. <laughs> I get your point, Josh. Field goal percentage has been good. Three pointer. He'll get back to it. So we'll see. As long as they, if they get their players back from uh, health and safety protocol, we'll see what happens. I'll throw a a, a little curveball at you guys. Um, I know Beal's in the trading block. If the Mavs have enough to get him. How would he fit with Luca and Porzingis? Because they'd have to trade a good oh amount to get it. Oh my gosh! Off wow. ball, he'd be nasty. It would be incredible off the ball. Because it's not like adding a James Harden where you got to adapt your offense. Bradley Beal could fit into the Josh Richardson uh, spot, but just be so much more efficient and better. I think Beal could average more points with the Dallas Mavericks than he could right now with the Wizards. You th- and you think Luca mm. would take a step back? Yeah. I think they're both thirty-point scorers. No, Luca would probably drop a couple points. What do you say? Off, I'd have to, off I'd have, ball? I'd have to look at Beal's like volume. You think Beal? You know he's having thirty-five right now, right? I do. I, I, I don't. Know. I think he's, so, yeah, he'll, he'll probably be about 37. thirty-seven. No, he's <laughs> thirty-seven more. is what. Well, you're let saying. me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Do you think Luca Doncic is better at distributing the ball than Russell Westbrook? Yes. Okay, well, exactly. Ru- I mean, so, but, more, but I so think, better shots, better opportunity. Russ is only distributing to Beal. There's who, and I'm, I don't on want to be that guy. This. Who else is going to score for us besides Beal? But that you kind of got to apply that logic to here. Beal's also been by himself. For does not play. A lot of <laughs> he is, I mean, recently. He, just, he also, just came back. You also have to realize that Luka Doncic is significantly more of a threat also than Russell Westbrook because. Teams aren't looking at, oh, here comes Russ. I can't wait to see what he does to shoot the ball. Like, teams are looking for Luka Doncic to shoot the ball. I don't know, man. And if he turns into a passer to Bradley You mean Russell Westbrook, who scored 41 points tonight as of January 31st? (laughs) Well, the Nets don't play defense. (laughs) All right, all right. All right, George, I'll let you finish this up and then we'll move on. Unless, because no, Beal has the ball mainly in Washington. Russ has been out with injury and COVID issues. I find it hard to believe Russ that coming off the games. ball. The three I games find it, Okay, well, yeah, I mean. <laughs> three or four. Sorry. I mean, I'm just, they, they missed like six games from COVID, so I, I factored that into saying he's missed everything. But increase in points, you have, you have to it's get a, so much volume. It's I don't, a, it's I don't a think so. Take. I mean, they look at Harden last year. He, had, he was like the only person that had the ball full time. And he wasn't coming off ball and scoring 36 a game. So, I don't know. I just don't well, see he's not it. Harden either. We just talked about that. Whatever. Move on. <laughs> I'm sorry to hurt your feelings. I don't happen there, but we'll move on. We'll move on. Uh, we'll move on to the end of Saturday night. Uh, the NBA ended their night with another blowout as the Warriors beat the Pistons 91-118. Uh, Clay Thompson hopped in the booth to commentate, but unfortunately Blake Griffin could not hop in a time machine back to 2015 as he shot one for eight from the field. Uh, Curry scores 28 and 29 in a boring one out in Oakland, unless you count the shenanigans after the game. <laughs> I don't know what was going on with that, but Draymond was. They probably uh, have so much fun. Like, that's one of the teams where it's like they probably have so much fun. The Warriors? Yeah. <laughs> they've, won, they've won their rings. They're just skipping. Yeah, you, you really think Steph's like, oh, my world's going to end if I don't win another ring? No, Steph just has to show up, shoot threes. Draymond just has to show up, get a triple single. 
and go home. That's Clay all he Thompson's got to make fun of uh, Rodney McGruder. Rodney McGruder. That's, yeah. that's Clay Thompson's role. So, yeah, anything else to add for uh, Saturday night around the league? All right, well, we'll move on to Sunday, January 31st. Uh, started off with a pretty solid game overall. The Clippers took down the Knicks in Madison Square Garden, 129-115. With COVID, everyone scoring a whole lot of <laughs> Um It was the usual suspect for the Knicks as Barrett, Randall, and Quickly all put on scoring clinics, but the veteran Clippers were able to hang on and put them away. Uh, I bring this to you guys. Clippers, 10th win in 11 games. Uh, PG and Kawhi both look as good as ever. Uh, could they be flying under the radar? And if so, does that work in their favor? I'll, I'll take this one. It definitely does work in their favor because you remember last season, they were coming out almost like they were defending champs. Pat Bev and PG were talking. And I mean, you know, when you're a first-year team like that, you got to respect the process. You got to build chemistry. And they kind of just floated, gloated through the regular season. And then they had the colossal collapse in the second round. But uh, coming into this offseason, they hired Tyloo, which I was a fan of that hire. Um, and I knew that they would have this type of season, you know, no noise from the inside, especially because Trez was gone and they had some beef. Trez didn't like the preferential treatment. And I thought, okay, they'll use that loss as motivation. They'll have a really strong ceiling. I think I picked them to be like second in the West, but they're looking like first for now. And they're top 10 on both sides of the ball. They have a really, really good, uh, defense going. Their offense is a lot better passing Mm -hmm. well. I'll interrupt you there. Their defense is not looking good. <laughs> they are very middle of the pack right now. I, they I have they the personnel. 10. Huh? I thought they were top 10. My bad. No, they, got they are top very... 10 names. <laughs> yeah. In the not playoffs, top, they have the personnel to transform into it, but uh, they do start Ibaka now, which he's, he, he, he was, he's very good at switching the perimeter, but he doesn't have that same pep in his step as in Oklahoma. Um, they're still taking lock game for the playoffs, not worried about defense for them. Um, but yeah, they're not playing great on the defensive end. Their offense, um, oh yeah, a lot, a lot more flow, a lot uh, better passes to open shots. So I'll leave it at that. Uh, Josh, uh, well, George kind of gave the whole Clipper timeline, but <laughs> uh, your initial question, would you mind reminding me of? Uh, are they flying under the radar? Work in their favor. Okay, it does work in their favor how they're playing right now because of the problems George kind of already talked about the internalization, but I don't think they're flying under the radar. Nobody really cares about the Clippers. I don't think like, that's just kind of how they are. And they only really cared because they got two superstars all of a sudden, but I don't think they're really flying under the radar. I mean, Paul George is playing the way Paul George should be playing. And I don't think it's really going to be like a big name or a big thing until it really translates to playoff wins, which does work in their favor but I don't think they're flying under the radar. I just think that nobody really cares. People acknowledge it, but it's kind of like, a, okay, show me what you can do later on. Yeah, I get that because uh, especially PG in particular, it's a lot of look at me, look at me, then playoffs happening. Top three oops. MVP uh, two yeah. years ago. Then then oops, playoffs happened. So, <laughs> exactly. Well, it's, Pandemic it's a lot, P, baby. They're showing a lot of good signs. Um, all they're regressing on defense, they're playing as a team. Like I keep saying, PG and Kawhi can lock up if they want to. In the probably playoffs. the best example of uh, effort, like lacking effort. Because yeah, exactly. they don't really need yeah. it. Yeah. And although I don't like the Clippers, they get a pass because they have a lot of talent and they're playing as a team now. So they fixed a lot of the problems they had last year. Uh, two of the hottest teams in the West played each other as the Nuggets got out to a 25-point lead. At halftime, I'd held them to beat the Jazz, 117-128. Jokic put on a show that kind of just screamed, hey, hey, it's not just Embiid. 
I also play center and I'm an MVP candidate. Give me, your, give me your vote. <laughs> I do not know what is going on. Um, scoring a career high 47 point double double. Uh, but once again, not too much other help. Uh, George, until Josh gets back, uh, what did you see from this game? Oh, he brought oh, he's, a Coca-Cola he's, a, yes, he's a Pepsi guy. He's a Pepsi guy. No, he's, he's not. A... Two liters of Coke every day from 1418. You don't know the big honey. You don't know the Nikola Jokic like this can does right here. Sorry. So, taking into account he used that. to be a, a little fat boy. Uh, what, do, what did you guys see from Jokic in this game and overall? I... I'm going to take this one, George, because you took the last one. I saw <laughs> a stat that said the Nuggets have a 70% higher chance of winning a game when they have more than five players score over 10 points. Not going, not trying to downgrade from Jokic's phenomenal career high tying night, but I really think that it's all dependent on how the rest of the team plays. Jokic is going to ball out. Murray will more than occasionally come and come ready to play. It just depends on their guys, if they can get it done on both sides of the court. And Will Barton's kind of a big name that's going under the radar. He's handling the ball a lot more, and they kind of missed that in the bubble because Jamal Murray had all the ball handling duties. But now Murray, who can, in my opinion, play a little bit better off the ball than he can dribbling and trying to play make, is kind of flourishing in that role. And I really like the way the Nuggets are playing compared to where they were a couple weeks ago. Anthony, add, George? No, I, I, what he said made sense. Jokic is going to show up every night. You need those other guys. <laughs> you need those other guys to show up, uh, especially Murray's been struggling a lot. You know, he had that incredible, incredible bubble. Barton yeah. is flying under the radar a lot, especially in today's game I watched. He was handling the ball a lot more like Josh said. So, yeah, he, t- he took he took the segment from me, and he did well with it. So I want to start, like, a thing where I, like, take a sip of Coke every time Nikola Jokic gets a triple-double, but then at the same time, I'm kind of worried about my physical health as it is, so <laughs> I'll figure I mean, it out. worked for him until he was 18, and then <laughs> I think he said he cut back to, like, it was only one and a half liters, <laughs> then he quit it, like, cold turkey. I think he just pre-games with a, with a bottle. Uh, fun fact, they played a Taco Bell commercial when he was drafted. Uh, 47th <laughs> overall pick. They did not care about him. I also think he was asleep. They care now, though. Prime he was asleep. Yeah. Uh, enough with the Coke talk. Uh, Sixers traveled to Indiana with that Joel Embiid and pulled off an impressive win, 119-110. Uh, multiple Sixers filled in for Embiid's offensive firepower as Dockeris has them playing really good team ball. Uh, most notably, Tobias and Ben both stepped up in his absence, along with Dwight, who got a uh, double-double. Uh, for Indy, Nothing too big to worry about as they still sit pretty in these standings. Uh, lost to a good team. They didn't have Joel Embiid and he still lost to him, but you know, you, you kind of kind of move on from it. Uh, they have a very, sorry to cut you off, but they have a very like low ceiling, I think. The Pacers? Pacers. You can you can keep thinking that they're not a, they have they have <laughs> an all-star and one borderline all-star. Um, but I would take them against a lot of players, a lot of teams in the a playoff matchup. Not the Sixers, I'll tell you that right now, <laughs> but a lot of teams. Um, moving on, the reps took advantage of the Magic's lack of ball movement, winning 102-115. Kyle Lowry ended up making up for his lack of scoring this game with a game-high 15 assists uh, after getting absolutely clocked by Aaron Gordon. Uh, and as for the Magic, they continue to struggle on offense, not having a single player score over 17 points. Cole Anthony was 16. Uh, the game, the game of the night though, 
was definitely Nets Wizards as it came down to the wire and ended up being an upset and was winning 146 149. Uh, no harden for the Nets in this one, but uh, still no excuse for the way they defended this game. Allowing the Wizards to shoot 52% for the game. Bradley Beal didn't score 40, uh, meaning the Wizards had a chance to win the game, <laughs> but uh, he did chip in 37. <laughs> uh, the real story of the game was Brody, though. Rose dropped 41 points and led the Wizards in points, rebounds, and assists, uh, two assists off a triple double. And uh, this is a game Washington wants to build off and that's want to throw away. I don't assume you guys have much to add because we already got a lot of Nets talk out of the way. But uh, no Harden. It's it's going to be a lot. Of, what do you guys think is the best combo of their duos, of the of their trio? Like, uh, Harden and KD. It's Harden and KD? Yep, yep. I agree. Yeah, I yeah me too. Uh, I think Harden leads the, leads the league in uh, assists. He does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and to end off the night and the weekend, uh, Cavs dropped their second in rows. They lose the last place Timberwolves 104-109. Despite Drummond putting up 25-22. and 22. Uh, And this T-Wolf still missing Cat. Cavs defense was solid this game, but when you shoot 4-3, it's tough to overcome. Uh, not a very good game from anyone not named Drummond. Uh, also, only shooting 16-3 is kind of old-school basketball. T-Wolf shot 40. So uh, you kind of got to get those up, especially when you have Sexton, who uh, struggled this game, but he normally not likes to chuck them. All right. Anything else to add from the games we've covered? No, but I, I just wanted to, like, go back to the Raptors magic. I kind of forgot that Aaron Gordon hit Kyle Lowry in the bubble, and then they <laughs> just hit him again today. So that's kind of funny. Well, Kyle Lowry hit Aaron, and then Aaron got him back today. Aaron almost killed him. <laughs> yeah, Aaron, I, I didn't I was, see it until I was you like, just oh, looked. Oh, is Kyle flopping again? Then they show the replay, and he, he just, he <laughs> yeah, just I, got he knocked dies. out. Almost, so, um, dirty play, but hey. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> all right. Uh, now that we've covered all the games, let's check in with George so he can fill us in with some recent NBA news. Social Ooh. media guru George Martin. Well, a uh, little halftime segment, I guess we can call it. So to start off first. Pelicans are focusing on three Northeast teams for potential landing spots for J.J. Redick. Those teams are Sixers, Nets, and Celtics. What do you guys think is the best fit for him? And also, a little spice, where would you guys like to see him land the most? I'll leave the floor to you, too. Uh, you can take it, Josh. Uh, I like Boston. I think Boston fits pretty good because Brad Stevens kind of does like the whole – uh 14 men and then as soon as they get to the playoffs he only runs six so he's like experimenting until they get to important and i feel like jj reddick would probably fit well because they do need bodies right now and i think just to maintain the record they've had some health and safety protocol issues but when it comes playoff time i think jj reddick's another person they can kind of fully trust to be on the court and those are that's when they really lack because especially in the bubble they only ran like six for the last two rounds that they were in I personally, I'm going to add a bit more fuel to the fire, though. I would really, really like to see him on the Brooklyn Nets. And I know they don't need it. I, I know <laughs> they don't need it. But at the same time, another player that can shoot. Another white guy crazy. that can't defend. <laughs> I, I, hey, I it mean. It's the culture. <laughs> like Joe Harris gets a little tired. That's fine. We'll put in J.J. Redick. They're the same player practically. So, <laughs> Um, I'll, I'll hop in here then. Uh, I do think the best fit is the Sixers. Uh, I think bringing him not home to Philly, but back to Philly where he played for two years and $40 million, uh, would work out for him. I think you got Seth Curry, like we mentioned before we hopped on here, but you can never have too many, too much shooting and the Sixers don't struggle on defense, which is where JJ Redick does. So they, they could, they could 
swap them in uh, and they could, they could cover for him in that sense. And you may say, oh, they got Danny Green. Well, he might not show up some games. J.J. Redick, although shooting 30% this year, never shot below 38% from three in his career. So I think he will pull it together, and I think he will be – he's a little bit more consistent than Danny Green. Oh, Danny that podcast a he started, man. A lot. He grew the mustache too, podcast, for some reason. But it's, it's a damn good podcast. I'll give you that. Yeah, him and that, uh, that like, Jack dude that wears his hats backwards. <laughs> he's an interesting guy. But um, I w- the Celtics, you say, they, they only play, like, six men. They could, they could use him, then. He could be their sixth man because Marcus Smart was last, uh, last, last season. And not disregarding the injury as that George will get to, um, they could – Tristan Thompson thunder here. Uh, is going to maybe be their sixth man, I guess, or their sixth option off the bench. Uh, who's their, their rookie? Some, sh- uh, some shitty part uh, two. Aaron Neesmith. Neesmith. No. Uh, Neesmith, Emi Ojale, um, Robert Williams. You're talking he's about that. Williams? Yeah, he's They're, a white guy. Peyton Long Pritchard, that's who you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, oh, Pritchard, 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 he's yeah. hurt, right? Yeah. Now. He's hurt yeah. right now. Though. He was putting on good minutes though, so he he could be off the bench. Because well, that's because be... Kemba Walker was out. Yeah, um, but he he can also be there. But yeah, what I'm saying mm-hmm. is Celtics use some bodies, um, like like you're saying. Yeah, I'd still like to see him go to the Sixers. So, so continuing off of what Lehman was saying there at the end about bodies, uh, first team all defensive guard Marcus Smart, who left the game with a left calf strain against the Lakers two nights ago. Diagnosed with a grade one strain, about two to three weeks missed time. So, um, they, you know, they are missing. Well, how do you guys think that's going to affect them? Are they going to drop in the standings? Are you not worried? Because they've had uh, guard issues with guards missing time. Do they need to bring anyone in right away? What do you guys think? Uh, before you uh, hit this, Josh, uh, Celtics are fourth right now at 10 and 8. And the ninth seed New York Knicks are uh, 9 and 12. So it's a, it's a pretty tight race. So go ahead, Josh. I mean, JJ Redick, there you go. But <laughs> um, no, I mean, they'll probably drop like below the Hawks because their Hawks are only half game away. They might slip a couple because the only real defensive minded player they have now at the starting lineup is Jalen Brown. But I don't think it will be as big of a blow as it would have been if it happened later on. I think it shouldn't be a rushed injury, like a recovery. But other than that, no, they're sitting pretty in like the three to six range. And when Marcus Smart comes back, they can make a full on train push back to the where they were. More dread on else to add, Lehman? I see you got nothing else to add there. Oh, no. All good. Josh hit it. All righty. So uh, the last topic of this segment Nets signed free agent guard Iman Shumpert to a deal. And he did play for them last season in the bubble. Don't know what Josh is doing right now. Probably I have an lunch. idea. <laughs> Another one of his shenanigans, but yeah. So does this help them with their uh, defensive woes? Did you like them bringing in a guard like this? What do you guys think? Um, I think you could always use – Iman Shumpert's still a, a good defender, but I don't think it's a huge signing because the only huge signing the Nets can make is a huge signing. They need a big man. They need someone who is, who is a huge, huge player. And, I mean, more defense, I guess, which is good. Uh, but he's kind of just uh, – another version of uncle JG, Jeff green. So, I mean, unless Josh has a different way to look at it, I think it's a good signing because he, he's been putting up solid minutes the last few years. And he, he always plays like contenders. You but... can never get enough of three and D wings. That's what I'll yeah, exactly. I know it's not my segment, but Josh. I mean, Lehman probably just said it in a more professional way than I would have said it. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Alrighty. Well, <laughs> well, we'll cut mine out and then put yours. <laughs> uh, that's all we, that's, that's all we got from the halftime segment. <laughs> that's going to bite me in the butt later, expert. I bet. 
Solstice Media X with George Martin, done with it. Um, and by the way, that just means, guys, he uh, just downloaded Twitter before the rest of us. And he never really get to- goes off it. I yeah, but I totally longer on it. Very, I totally don't go on Twitter. Very well well put together segment, George. Uh, moving you. on, we're going to end this off with some uh, rapid-fire all-star questions. Uh, to start off, uh, who's more likely to be the sixth or second all-star, Ben Simmons or Tobias Harris? I'll start with George. Josh, you want to take this one first? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't my, uh, my, my AirPods cut out. Second All-Star, and they both bring up some very good points. I do think that Ben Simmons' stats don't really show the impact he makes on the court. He's a phenomenal, probably generational passer, I could argue. He's very good with the basketball. It really seems like it's a fluid thing. But this year, I think Tobias Harris probably has the stats for it more. He's averaging 21. They finally putting up numbers to where the contract kind of makes sense. I'm going to go with Ben just because I think that the fans kind of love him more. And what's not to love about a 6'10 point guard who can dunk the ball and do flashy passes for an all-star game. But both bring up a very good case. But I'll lean toward Ben. George. I agree with I agree with everything you said about how the generational passer, one through five defender in Ben Simmons, but Toby's been putting up better numbers and has maybe been more impactful. But then you went with Simmons at the end. And I actually think Toby will probably get it because I think Sixers fans, they're kind of ruthless. So I think they might give Toby the nod because they've they've been needing him to play good, especially because they ditched Jimmy Butler, who took a team to the finals after choosing Toby over him. So I think the fans might go for Toby and uh, Joel. Oh, uh, yeah, just to uh, clean up a little about what you guys just said. Uh, yeah, Toby, 21-7-3 on 52% shooting. And then uh, Ben, Kardashian, Killer, Simmons, almost a near triple-double at 13-8-8. Eight, eight. Um, one thing Josh said, the fans do love Simmons. He's fun to watch, but he's not going to be a starter. He's going to be a reserve. So do the coaches love Simmons? I think and so. Depend- yeah, defense. I'm sure they like a lot they of like defense. Yeah, that's true. He's old school. They love old school. Uh yeah, but tend this out. Uh this this is a little uh further down. I guess we'll go to that now. Um how many teams do you think will have more than one all-star? Uh I for one don't have the Sixers. I don't know if you guys do. Um just to see uh where everyone stands here. I got six of them. I got the Nets with the uh, Harden and KD, the Bucks. With uh, Giannis and Middleton, the Celtics with their two wings, uh, Brown and uh, Tatum, the Jazz with uh, Mitchell and Gobert, Clippers, Kawhi and PG, and Lakers with LeBron and AD. Uh, any problems with those? Uh, for me, take the Bucks out and throw Kyrie in the Nets trio. I don't think Middleton's going to make the All Star team. George? Um, I believe I have four. You said you had six? I had six. So I have, I don't have the Bucks. I have Boston, Jazz, Lakers, Clippers. Oh, that's five. I don't know how to count. Sorry. Well, so you said Celtics, Jazz, Clippers, Lakers? George and, and I have the same list. And the Nets, oh. right? Yes. Yeah, so you got five? Nets, yes. Yeah, I have five. Okay, Sorry. so you guys, the only one that I really have to defend is um, the Kyrie Harden is kind of semantics. You could really pick either one. They're both averaging almost 30. I take Harden because uh, he has played more games uh, than Kyrie, and he also is at leading the league in assists. So I would pick Harden, but it, it's potato-potato. Uh, but I really think uh, the Bucks will get two in there. Uh, the coaches love giving uh, high-seeded teams two players. And I think Middleton was 
uh, averaging 21. Um, he's part of the 50-40-90 club. I think he'll he'll get in. He's having a career year, and he's already been an all-star twice, so it makes sense that he got in. Any problems with that? No, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be mad at that. I mean, he's been probably the Bucks' most consistent player this year. So, and you know, they value stuff like that, especially with high seed teams. So, I wouldn't be mad, shocked if he got in. But I just I think the five that we listed will for sure get two. Josh looks angry. We'll go to him. <laughs> no, I'm I'm redoing my All Star list because I kind of initially forgot to put James Harden in there, so kind of changes a little bit of the questions that i'm gonna say later on but just kind of my focus do you uh my bad do you believe that the nets have any chance of eating three of them yes there's a chance in there that's actually what i've put it under i've actually put uh actually changed it and made brown and beal the starters kind of different from what i did last time I've made hard in the bench and I made Kyrie a reserve player, which kind of takes out a player that I will get to later on, but. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, moving on. Uh, if Bradley Beal doesn't get the fans help and get booted in as a starter, what are his chances of getting booted in by the coaches as a reserve? I'll, just, I'll uh, rattle off some players you'd have to beat out. These are including uh, starting spots, bench spots, and wildcard spots. So you got Jalen Brown, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Trey Young, Malcolm Brogdon, Zach Levine, and Colin Sexton to go along with Bradley Beal. So that's eight players. A max of six can make it. Your thoughts? I think he has a – go ahead, George, actually. <laughs> okay. No, I, I do not see really any chance he gets left off of the team entirely. I think he's been, he's been a really, really good scorer late uh, the past few years. And, I mean, they've been bad, but – Averaging 35, I don't think that can go unnoticed. They, the record is poor, but injuries, COVID problems, especially in a season like this, I don't think you can blame it solely. Like, you can't fault him yet this badly. And I, a lot of his peers respect him too. Like, a lot of players respect him. So I think the coaches will probably have the same uh, thought process too. So I find it really hard he's left off entirely. Josh. Uh, I actually am going to say the complete opposite because I don't think that people really care that Bradley Beal is suffering. And I think they would just leave him off, to be honest with you. I mean, we've seen it before. We've seen plenty of people deserve it. And we've seen people that deserve it less make it over some of the players. Damian Lillard is a very good example. Like uh, he had a mid-2010s run where he was supposed to make it every year and they're just continuously ignoring him. And I feel like Bradley Beal could easily, I mean, he's already started that train a little bit with the last year, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it would be uh, pretty tough to get him in, much like last year. If Trey doesn't get voted in as a starter, I don't think the coaches get him in. Uh, that's all speculation, um, but I really think the fans are going to have to band together and get, get Bradley in there in a little free Bradley Beal movement. But um, I guess we stand, me and Josh are thinking probably not, and George is thinking he'll get in there. Uh, moving on, who's a player uh, you don't think will make it, but you believe deserves it? Uh, we'll start with Josh. So I originally wrote Colin Sexton, but then I had to make a different cut because I kind of forgot James Harden. So I'm going to say Zach Levine. Zach Levine's had a phenomenal year, 27, 5, 5, steal and a half, 51%, 41 and a half from three. But 
However, James Harden's leading the league in assists, Trey Young. And I mean, I could, you could go through all the names and make your case for all of them. I just don't, Zach Levine's already kind of started the trend where, yeah, he puts up big numbers, but they just don't win games and he kind of gets forgotten. And it's very, very obviously that he's forgotten this year considering the, the faces, but yeah, I, I just don't know if he really has a spot. He's kind of already fitting in the trend of they don't really like him in there, even though he's already – because he's the dunk contest guy. He's not really the all-star guy. So with that reputation being said, I feel like other coaches will pick players before him, and he's not making the starting lineup. Give her a go, George. So you th- – I mean <laughs> – You pissed them off. You look what you did. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't have much to say about it, actually. Who is your player? Oh, oh, you meant... Oh, I thought... Okay. So, Josh... <laughs> we we review before. <laughs> Josh... <laughs> doesn't happen. Josh, Josh said it one section. I actually have another one. Gordon Hayward. He's had a phenomenal year. Career high in points. Especially... <laughs> what? <laughs> no, it's, it's nothing. It's similar to how both of you probably have Levine in your lineup. We both have Hayward in our lineup. And I don't, I mean, down there in uh, Charlotte, I don't well, Hayward think for me. he's, I don't oh, think he's going to get a lot of I'm like, the only one. I don't think he's going to get a lot of coaching recognition, like how Josh was saying with Levine, because I mean, there's not much media attention besides LaMelo Ball there. So I think he deserves it career high in points, especially because a little bit injury prone, he didn't play up to the expectations what Boston wanted him to. So yeah, he's been balling. But he's and, pooping. I'm, no, he is hooping. Yeah, that's why I have that. Um, so I close this out. Mine, I have, I have two of them because we compared our, our whole All Star rosters, and I know one of you had Shea, Gildas Alexander, SGA on there. George did uh twenty two six and six on fifty two, and the Thunder, they're not as big of an overachiever as they were last year, but we were like, ah, oh, they're they're gonna be absolute trash, and they're they're staying in games, they're playing pretty well. Um, and then also a player I know none of you have on your team but I have on my team is DeMar DeRozan. Uh, not a lot of love for DeRozan, although he's averaging 20, 5, and for 7 assists, uh, 49 from the field and 38 from 3 on 2 attempts per game. So you see kind of an evolution in there, more threes. Uh, he's there, the Spurs' leader in assists. I mean, I don't see how you leave him out, but that's a debate for, for another podcast. <laughs> Look, everyone, the best player on the most boring team in the NBA. Let's, let, let's pick him, guys. Uh, George, not just the most boring team in the NBA, the most boring team in the playoffs. So if you want to, if you want to, sit, are they in the playoffs? Are they eighth? Are they eighth? They were like, they were <laughs> eighth. Right are, yes. are they tied for eighth? They are George, tied for I'm kind of surprised. I'm going to say one more name because George didn't say it, but Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant's playing phenomenal, but we kind of went over how. I have him. I actually have him in my all-star lineup. So That's because they don't trust <laughs> you to actually vote. <laughs> but No, he's playing good, but when you have one win in a month and a half, it's kind of hard. Maybe, and, and their one win is against the reigning champs. Yeah, that that kind of is not cool, yeah. but you know, it's I I think Jeremy Grant deserves a little bit of love because he is playing good, but he's probably not going to get it because of the one win that they have. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of team players, especially in the East, that like there's a lot of little baby Jamal Murrays where they're they're <laughs> they're channeling their Jamal Jamal Murray bubble and just averaging what what like you 
if I told you Jeremy Grant was going to average 24 on efficiency, you'd be like, what, what the hell's wrong with you? But he is. <laughs> and yeah. also players like, we didn't mention Julius Randle, 24 points up in New York. He's on in there shooting. for me. He's in, so, there. he's in there for me too. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, I got Maybe one more next podcast. Because I know both of you don't have him in your uh, all-star lineup. I think I'm Josh sorry. is actually a Christian Wood. Christian Wood agenda. Yeah, baby. Christian Wood. We are we are Christian Wood. Twenty four and eleven fans on, over here. Twenty four and eleven. He's been the focal point of that five game win streak. As soon as your boy Demar Derozan stops making three pointers, guess who's taking <laughs> that eighth seed? Christian I Wood. <laughs> I can't believe with the juggernaut of point guards and shooting guards in the Western Conference, you have like all timers like Steph Curry. You have Luka Doncic and this guy. You have the. Mark- so you don't have them on your team, I assume, right? Because you're calling me out. You don't, don't have, have Steph DeMar. Curry and Luka Doncic? No, I do. I'm saying with all those juggernaut guards, how could you put DeMar Okay. There? All right. Before we DeMar's go on card. to the, one of the final segments, I want you to fully process. Is DeMar a reserve for you? For me? Yes. Yes, he's, he's at the okay. very bottom of the wild card. <laughs> he's, a very so he's, bottom. 12th, he's the 12th. He man. barely so he's, ju- he's just there over Christian Wood. Is yes. What yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Only players you. out east, uh, out west, I could see making it over him. I could give Christian Wood a run for his money. I'm making fun of you guys, but Christian Wood, 24 points, the most consistent player for the Rockets. But you Kevin also Booker. ignored, huh? <laughs> who, who, by the way, is gonna get picked over Demar Derozan if they choose to pick a guard for the reserve spot. Well, you can have up to six guards. The only <laughs> only players I can see gonna uh, take Zion off. Taking it from, don't say Zion. Another pod, another pod, another pod. Another podcast. We got it. Josh said that the Pelicans should have two All Stars when they're 14th seed. I took it back. I took it back. I promise. But another pod. Um, all right. One of our uh, final segments. A little fun one. Favorite player that was never an All Star. Um, I'll Ooh. I'll take it here. I got a. I got Andre Miller, old man Andre Miller, who seemed like he'd been bald since he came into the league. Uh, he was throwing half court lobs in t- 2002 and also averaging 11 assists and 17 points. It's not from the game. Uh, George, who is yours? Jay Crossover. That All right, Josh. I mean, pretty, uh, pretty self-explanatory. No, 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 no. No, I think the reason why he never made one, he was always a six-man, so he never got, like, the attention Original. that, you know, an all-star should warrant. Originally, yeah. Uh, he's got three uh, six-man-of-the-year awards, you know, so he had a great career. It would have been fun to see him in an all-star game because he would have done the, the Jay crossover move and probably, you know. Every game was an all-star game for Jamal crossover. In New York, Jamal, Jamal, Jamal Crawford played every game like an all-star game. Yeah, I'll clarify that. Manu did make an all-star team, so it's not impossible for a six-man to make one. But I hear what you're saying. Three-time uh, winner of the award. I get you. Yeah. No, I just – especially a guy like him, like in an all-star game like that, you want, you know, some fun, cool moments, some highlights. Like imagine if you dropped like – like Kobe or something, rip, but like you know, can you imagine Andre Miller posting up other guards in the all star game? I would have paid to see that, that would have been fun. Uh, Josh, your player, um, doesn't have a post all star NBA life, that's for sure. But uh, Lamar Odom, my oh, grandfather and I kind of bonded, that was my grandfather's favorite player, but it's also part of a fun fact, part of a fan favorite conspiracy where Anthony Carter's agent kind of just forgot to exercise the deal for Anthony Carter to get $4 million and the Heat were able to sign Lamar Odom and then they traded Lamar Odom for Shaq and it's a big old butterfly effect. I think it's a pretty interesting thing that most basketball 
like basketball heads should probably know. It's a pretty fun read, pretty fun hypothetical. But yeah, Lamar Odom, same thing, kind of a six man. I mean, he did have some good starting minutes and good uh, points for the Heat and for the Lakers before they got Gasol, but yeah. Well, Josh got uh, got deep on us there, but we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll close it out right there. Um, other players uh, never make an all-star team that may be your favorite. Uh, we got Mike Conley, who was legitimately snubbed twice in Memphis, uh, but it was tough to give him and Marcus Saul spots. And also uh, one of my other favorite players of all time, Mike Bibby, who was uh, winning shits with the Kings. Or he wasn't, but he should have. <laughs> um, and to close it out, uh, I want you to – Rattle it off. Uh, if we have an actual All Star game, who should perform the halftime show? Josh. Not the weekend. He's gonna say Bruno. Just not the weekend. Just not I'll, the weekend. I'll be okay. Little baby. Pretty much. Wait, wait. It's in Atlanta. It might be in Atlanta. Little baby's from Atlanta. Let's get little, little baby at ba- halftime. <laughs> Jesus Christ. A little right, baby well, in Gunna. <laughs> that, that's well, my obviously. I mean, Bad Baby uh, is who I would have, but I mean, you guys have some other good ones as well. All right. Good show, guys. Uh, that's going to do it for tonight's episode. Thanks for watching or listening. And if you like what you heard, remember to follow us at TH Hoopers on Instagram and Twitter. Say what's up. Uh, guarantee you'll get a response as George has never caught lacking without his phone. Uh, but besides <laughs> that, thanks for being an OG on our little podcast. Never forget, the Kings are the rightful owners of the 2002 Larry O'Brien Trophy. Later, y'all.